Okay, we are starting now Chapter 24. In Chapter 23, we spoke of the height of a relationship with God. So one with God, we're beyond concealment, beyond contraction. We're one with the source. We're one with the God that cannot be within all the worlds, and it's absolutely one with me now as I learn his Torah. And with that, we approach chapter 24. Because chapter 24 is, and therefore, what could possibly happen and destroy all this? The transgression. And the enormity of the transgression as the vehicle that causes such severing of that closeness possible between you and God. So to the intensity of the degree one could be close, to that intense degree one is far when he transgresses God's will. Meaning, when a Jew is committing a transgression, for the duration of the transgression, the Jew is further from God than anything in all of creation. The same way we are closer than anything when we're immersed in his Torah, we're further than anything when we are transgressing his will for as long as the duration of that transgression is. And that's the ultimate concept of concealment, that we have this ability, that we could do an act consciously violating God's authority, God's will. In other words, the very act of a transgression is, how is that possible? How could there be something in this world which is in violation, in contradiction to the will of God? But that shows the power of symptom, of constriction. In other words, what is the success of constriction? That a transgression can exist. That there can be a force of evil whose whole existence is the antithesis of God's will. And what is vivifying that transgression? God's will. How is that possible? That shows the enormity of constriction, that God's will could be vivifying the force that's in contradiction to his very will. But it's not just an objective force. It's your reality, the reality of the Jew, when he is in the act of the transgression. And at that point, we are flexing the muscles of this enormous gift God gave us, obviously not in a good direction, which is free choice. The Free choice is a gift. Free choice is not status quo. In other words, the more you understand Hasidic philosophy and understand godliness, free choice makes like less and less and less sense. Everything is God. God is everything. How could anything be freely operating outside of God's operational system here? To give validity to everything we do, to make it intrinsically worthwhile, God put into his system, which is completely him and absolutely him and only him, our ability to choose to go against him. So it's not the norm. Forces of evil don't have that ability. Animals don't have that ability. Other humans don't have that ability. The only ones that truly have the ability to freely choose to go against God is a Jew in an issue which has to do with serving God. In other words, if it doesn't have to do with serving God, we also don't have that choice. We're, 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 we're part of God's reality. We're part of his fabric. 
But in terms of anything that could be an aspect of my service of God, I have this ability that makes no sense. And the more I learn and the more I understand, in a sense, the less sense it makes. I can freely choose. And I can freely choose to violate the God that I'm a part of. And my choice is also a part of. And yet I can choose to violate that bond of what's me. Because forces of evil, one, don't have the ability. And even if they had the ability, they would never do it. Because they sense that God is their ultimate master. They think they also exist, which is why they violate God's oneness. And as we discussed two chapters ago, a lack of belief in the oneness of God is ultimately a lack of belief in God and therefore considered idolatry. But let's not get confused. Forces of evil completely believe in God's reality. They completely know they're subservient to God's reality. And they know they have no desire to go against God's reality because God's their life force. Why would you fit in your life force to space? Why would you go against your life force? So they're not trying to do that. If they tried, they wouldn't be able to anyway. But they'd have no desire to because God is their life force. So they sound so virtuous and pious. Why are we calling them forces of evil? Because they also view that they exist. They view that God exists, but there are other existences as well. So they deny his oneness, which is de facto idolatry. But they never deny him. How could they deny him? They sense him. They experience him. So therefore, when the Jew sins, he's worse than any force of evil. So force of evil is going against God. A force of evil is part of the program and doing exactly what God wants from it. But the Jew that's sinning, unique in all of creation, he is going against God's will. And therefore, he's far worse than any force of evil. And in general, the evil in this world is the residue, the harshest remains of evil that was too coarse for any of the upper worlds to refine. Meaning, whatever is refinable by the world of being gets refined. Whatever is too coarse falls down to the next dimension. And so in the world of creation, and so in the world of formation, and so in the world of descent. So what actually lands on planet Earth is the harshest, lowest forms of evil that the upper worlds cannot relate to. They're too low for them. And those are the ones that we're even lower than when we transgress. Because we're choosing to go against God's will. And these forces of evil are acting as God wants them to.